Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh? Hello and welcome to Kith and Tell, a podcast about kids in the hall. A show where it's Christmas every day, but Santa's implying your dick doesn't work. <laughs> we'll be reviewing every episode with witty banter and unmissable segments like How Many Roses Would You Spread For? And Hans is our art-borrowing friend. Whoa, 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 whoa. I supply the <laughs> art. I'm the art supplier. Ah, you tell yourself that. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying if... If if you uh, Hans is going to move to Vancouver actually in the near future, um, this is true. Although you may hear us still refer to him as living in Prince Rupert since he's not doing it right away, uh, and uh, we've already got some some surprise dates lined up for Hans, <laughs> for which and, I will uh, have to steal some art, I suppose. Yeah, I I suspect Hans, who's going to be just down the street from where I live, is going to be rushing over uh, fifteen minutes <laughs> before the date starts to to borrow some art pieces. <laughs> While so Trevor far. wears his flowing shirts and cravats. I I mean, that part I, is I wasn't going to say it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> if I am the art-borrowing friend, it is very true that Trevor is the uh, art-owning friend. Uh, who, I am the art-owning friend that is, like, losing his mind because he's... His precious <laughs> objet has not yet been returned. <laughs> I, I would say that it, this cuts deep, except except it's so true that I don't even see anything wrong with Amazing. This. I'm Amazing. like, yeah, he has every right to be worried about his art. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm Trevor, and I'm joined, as always, by uh, Kalina McCordoff in London, England. I came with the house! <laughs> and Hans Seidemann in Prince Rupert, soon to be Vancouver, though. And then my parents sold me? <laughs> they sure did. <laughs> And the house. <laughs> and the house. Uh, so today we'll be reviewing episode 14 of season four, uh, which aired on March 2nd, 1994. Yeah. Uh, we'll kick things off as usual with our sketch rundown. Uh, I say this is a no mayo episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dry uh, as bones this episode. There, the skits were uh, inexperienced cannibal. Uh, Dave was on on trial for eating a little piece of every other passenger on a delayed flight. It was only thirty five minutes. Yeah, it was delayed. Well, and and, and somehow eating a little bit of all one hundred and twenty people, he still managed to kill all of them. Because he said they said he was the only survivor. Oh so, yeah, that's good. Yeah, got it. Got so it. I, yeah, he just ate all of their hearts, and that was it. <laughs> Maybe their throats or something. Yeah, yeah. straight um. for the gullet. <laughs> or maybe he killed them and then took a little piece. Oh, okay, that makes sense, yeah. Yum, yum. Then visit from Santa Claus, where Santa is extremely pushy about a young ki- couple who doesn't have kids having kids. Mm-hmm. Spot Bellini contest winner. Bellini uh, meets the contest winner for the spot Paul Bellini uh, at the uh, airport in Ottawa and has breakfast with the winner. Um, the, the winner has like a classic Canadian breakfast while Paul Bellini ha- has fish, which is the only thing he eats. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not a wrong number. Uh, where Dave never missed dial. So what happened to Frank? Which is essentially like a Fight Club. It's a Fight Club scene, essentially. You know. We can unpack that later. But... Okay. Okay. <laughs> we can come back uh, to that. Ain't gonna spread for no roses. Oh, oh yeah. Tammy. Tammy video about the gross old men who are 
always trying to buy her uh, dinner and take her out and give her roses, and she's not going to spread for them. And, and all the gross objects that have, that ejaculate. Apparently. Oh. And finally, uh, borrowing art, uh, where Hans runs over to my house <laughs> last minute, looking to uh, find some objet d'art to impress uh, a non. It's not even a date. Like a woman is coming by, and he's hoping to. What's his ex? His right. His ex. Yeah. yeah. And her boyfriend. Yeah. To be fair, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You're right, though. I wouldn't borrow art for a date, but I would borrow art to try and like make an ex girlfriend jealous. That that sounds about right. <laughs> so, um, so why don't we start with our uh, a segment called "How many roses would you spread for?" <laughs> uh, I, I really just want to talk about uh, the hilarious visual gags and spread for no roses. I don't think it's the best Timmy song, but I think it has the best visual gags uh so uh hans how many roses would you spread for well what's the scale that's the question i i think also define what you mean by best like visuals because some of these visuals are the most striking for sure but they are also <laughs> the most like uncomfortable and disgusting i, I mean like, i so, did not like so the types of visuals we're talking about for anyone that doesn't remember and can't be bothered to youtube it is like just like a, a banana that then ejaculates. Um, a rose coming out from between Tammy's legs and then like, yeah, no, that's that's what we're talking about. And then also a gun that ejaculates. Like everything, every object ejaculates. I mean, so those parts I did not love. But I will say I wrote in my own notes that this is another uh, winner overall, I think, for the props and set decoration department because this, this song involves at least like four wholly completed different sets there's a random like kids television show bedroom in which tammy does not spread and it's only featured in the music video like three or four times like there's no need for that set to exist or to look like that it was good though it was real good but but they they went all out yeah and then there's this whole um like satanic dais thing that tammy hangs out on with like massive like fire props in the background um and then i don't know if that's the same set or if it's a wholly separate set where she's like strapped to a some sort of like cross the wooden cross thing thinking about it like because this was from 1994 we were all pretty young um who what pop star do you think tammy is supposed to be oh it's supposed to be madonna no originally i kind of thought she was supposed to be more like tiffany because she sort of performs in like uh malls and stuff but I mean, mm. yeah, no, the definitely Madonna is probably more appropriate for like the set design here. Yeah. Well, and that's that's as I was watching this sketch, all I was thinking of, oh, they were totally trying to crib from like Madonna videos of the yeah. 90s with with that like kind of tasteful black and art white or a uh, black and white art style and that kind of thing. It also kind of reminds me of like I, I don't know when Kiss from a Rose came out. I want to say it was like the later 90s. Or no, no, it was around this time. It, didn't because... it come out for like Batman Forever? Well, it was it was <laughs> featured on Batman Forever, and that would have been in 90... I thought Batman Forever was 97, so it might not have been out yet. But it, it anyways, it feels like of that kind of I, style. I just, I just looked it up, July 1994. Uh, oh, hey! But that is that is after this episode came out because this was March. Well, the song probably pre-existed. But they obviously would have would have filmed it already, guys. No, no, I'm saying this. The song was released as a single in July of 1994. Oh, okay. So it, okay, it, 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 there was. I mean, if anything, maybe Seal was influenced by Tammy. 
Oh, oh well. could well, be, could be. This is yeah. this is lore now. <laughs> Do you think Seal would spread for roses? Oh my goodness! I think he might. Well, <laughs> oh, I mean, at least one rose. <laughs> at least one. Yeah. What? I, we really need to sort of sort out a scale here. I mean, it, it's funny. I I tried to count all the times something um, uh, inappropriately ejaculated <laughs> on screen, and I saw a rose, a banana, and a gun. I don't know if anyone mm -hmm. else saw anything besides those. Um, but I would say like my favorite visual was her, her credit card activated chastity belt, which is like, <laughs> oh yeah, properly like just spits back out the, the credit card that Mark, like the executive tries to put in there. <laughs> it's just, it was good. It was like, I think it was between two scenes. He like hands the credit card over and then we get something else and comes back and it just spits it out in his face. And I, I couldn't help but laugh. It was so funny. forcefully that it knocks him over. No less. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing I love about that is she has a chastity belt that accepts credit cards, but it clearly doesn't actually open for credit cards. Like, its only purpose is to spit the cards back out. How the do you know? Is, well, because it doesn't open, it doesn't spread for no roses. Yeah, you but know? you don't so know how like, many roses he's offered. What, what sort no of, roses. No roses at all. What sort of credit do you suppose it would accept? I mean, she does say that she wants love. Of course she does. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm, so... Mm -hmm. But she doesn't want it from gross men that are paying with credit cards. She wants yeah. it from handsome hulk hunks, you know? She never really she goes into, like, what what she is actually accepting. We just know what she's mm. rejecting, which is gross old married dudes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they do do a good job of having a lot of good gross old dudes, too. Including, I think it was Mark again who says, Oh, I run a charity. We collect panties. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> there are a couple good lines. Another one of the old guys says something like, my wife's out of town for the next 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to my, go back to my place and talk? My favorite was there's one guy who absolutely looks like a Canadian television executive of some sort. And he says something to the effect like, I'd love to give you some advice on your career or something like that. Yeah. Um, oh, no, that's it. Hey, there's a lot of bad guys out there. I can point them out to you. And it's like, oh, my God, I dude. <laughs> Gross. Oh my God. Also, there's a reference to who's Laura Secourt? Oh, she, oh, Kalina, did you not watch your Canadian Heritage Minutes as a no, child? No, I did not. Laura Secord was uh, some French-Canadian woman who overheard the British were planning, or the Americans were planning an attack while they were, like, you know, taking over her house and using it to stage operations during the War of 1812. <laughs> and in the middle of the night, she ran all night long back across, like, through the woods and uh, through rivers and streams and alerted the, you know, the British that the Americans were planning this attack and thereby saved the day and basically single-handedly won the War of 1812 for Canada. Yeah. For love it. Well, I mean, yeah, for anyone who didn't see the, the sketch yet, do go and watch it. But, I mean, uh, Tammy says, you know, Joan of Arc didn't spread for no roses and neither did Laura Secourt. Gloria Steinem did once and then she felt really sad. <laughs> I really love that pantheon of, of powerful women, though, of just Joan of Arc, <laughs> Gloria Steinem, and Laura Secord. <laughs> yeah, the three, the, you know, the triumvirate of powerful female historical figures, yes. Really had love to throw it. in the Canadian, which is nice, though. For us. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah. you, kids, for always including your CanCon. Yeah. We, we do appreciate that. And yeah. the tasteful use of crotch shots. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, should we move on or does anyone have anything else you want to say about that? Well, I'm just thinking, I, like, I think the, um, you know, okay. So if we're, are you, let me back up. 
Trevor, are you asking how many roses we would actually <laughs> spread for, or are we just trying to like talk about the good uh, set deck and props of this sketch? Because you know, I can tell you how many roses I'd spread for. You guys can tell me how many roses you would spread for. I. I feel like I wouldn't spread for no roses myself, but mostly because what are you going to do with roses? Like, that's part of the song. Like, Well, I will say, um, I don't know the exact number of roses, <laughs> but I think I would spread for some roses because, you know, as, as men, we, we don't receive, I think most men don't receive roses very often, you know? It's like, it's, it's so if someone were so thoughtful as to give me some roses, I'd be like, Oh, you know what? I, I yeah, I could spread for you. Single you know. ladies in Vancouver, listen up. I'm I'm simple. <laughs> Give me some roses. That's it. Although maybe not roses. I'm not like hugely. Well, which flowers would you prefer? Which oh. which flowers would Hunt spread for? I think I'm a tulip man. I think I'm probably a tulip okay. guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you lost me. Well, you get lots of different colors of tulips. You know, uh, roses are just they all are the same. You know, there's nothing there. I do like a carnation. Oh, gross! What? Oh my god! So basic. Carnation, like a. Well, what are you? What are you gonna spread yeah. for? Are you looking for orchids or something? Oh, give me some tiger lilies! Come on! Oh my god, that's basic. Tiger what? lilies are the live, laugh, love of flowers. <laughs> are they? <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, no absolutely. one sent me the memo. Jeez. I sort of feel like maybe roses are, but uh... roses are the like De Beers diamonds are forever. Like you've just bought into the hype. Yeah. Of, oh, of flowers, you know. Yeah. I also hyacinth. I'm a I'm a hyacinth guy too. But it's not really the flower so much as the arrangement too. <laughs> That's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the it's not the what's the expression? It's not the uh, it's not the something something. It's the angle of the dangle. You know. Well, you handled that well. Thanks, Hunt. <laughs> 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 Moving on. <laughs> no, what's that expression? Because it's a perfect it's a perfect comparison. Well, I'm gonna cut whatever you have to say now. Anyway, <laughs> cut it. <laughs> no. Ah, dang. So uh, actually, let move on to uh, where are you spot Bellini contest winner. We want to talk to you. Mm, yes. Were you the young man that uh, got to go to an Ottawa airport and meet mm. Paul Bellini and have breakfast for him? What did you talk about? Did you really forget to wash <laughs> your hands? Yeah. We want to know. Get in contact with us. Or do you know who that winner was? They don't even mention his name. He's just a young man that gets to meet Paul Bellini. We're very interested. We're trying to pay attention more to the credits and we thought his name would be there. So we've got to do a bit more sleuthing. All we know is... I mean, how old do we think he is in 19... Uh, we can we can piece that together. He 15. looks like he's... I think 15. What do you think? Really? Well, I've got a 16-year-old nephew right now, I think, and and I think that guy looks older than my nephew. So I'm thinking he's, like, 18. And I'm thinking if you're watching Kids in the Hall back then and, like, answering the, the contest, you might, be, like, be a university student. So he might have been... Like a Carlton? No, I think he's guy. in high school. Oh, you know? He looks too young for you high, high school, school or middle school. I Probably high school. Okay, well, I'm on the upper end at 18. You're at the lower end at, at what, 15, you said? So that means... I said 15. I would say like 17. Okay, so we're at sort of 15 to 18 in 1993. 94. Which was... Or 1994. Well, no, the episode aired in 94, but in March. So it was probably filmed in... Sometime in 93, I, I think. Uh, we're looking for white male, brown <laughs> hair, if he still has hair. Uh, probably in his early 40s, I would guess, or early to mid 40s. Uh, well, 29 years have passed since that episode came out. 29 to 
28, depending on if it was 94 or 93. And he would have been at the low end, he would have been 15. So yeah, he'd be 44 at the low end, probably. And then 48, 49 at the upper end of things. So yeah, if you know a 44 to 49 year old man who lived in Ottawa in 1993 or 1994 with brownish hair. White male may not have brown hair anymore. Maybe graying. May not have any hair. May who knows what his hair situation? White males, probably still true, but we don't. Know. Um, so I have some other questions separate from the um, separate from who this person is. But what do you think their uh, etiquette um, disagreement was over? Ooh, I have a theory. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, Hans, lay it on us. Well, my th- my theory is they're having breakfast. Okay. Yeah. Do you actually? wash your hands before breakfast i mean i usually will have gone like well you have your like morning ablutions and you wash your hands and then you go have breakfast no i think i'm a breakfast and then morning ablutions guy interesting yeah i think that it's a good idea to wash your hands before you dine (laughs) especially in public because you're in an airport you've been touching all kinds of things that are probably dirty you should wash your hands before you eat i guess i'm usually i've usually I feel like if I'm preparing to sit down for a meal, I've gone, sorted myself out. Sometimes I, I know this is I'm controversial. Sometimes I even brush my teeth before I eat. So like I will have like done all the like morning things before I've eaten not, breakfast. Not breakfast. Not not breakfast. Because what if you want orange juice? Especially if you're eating breakfast out, mm. it's gonna taste all weird. Also. Uh, brushing your teeth before you eat is actually bad for your teeth because now you've gotten rid of all of like the protective enamel mm. stuff that's on there, and then when and then you're adding a bunch of like sugar and bacteria from the food onto your teeth. And I so think I think we found out what they were <laughs> arguing about was whether or not you should brush your teeth before breakfast. So here's my here's my theory of both what the argument was and what Paul Bellini's good point was because. Paul was like, not so fast. We got to go wash our hands. And then they, okay, so he plays nice to go along. They wash their hands. They go sit down. But then at some point during breakfast, the, whoever this guy says is like, "Do we, did we really need to wash our hands? I mean, it's breakfast. And then there's like a tense standoff. And then Paul Bellini says, well, yeah, but we're, you know, we're eating at an airport restaurant. You know, we like, it's, it, I know it's breakfast, but, you know, we're dining out. It's at an airport. You know, I don't know how sanitary that is. And then this guy's like, oh, you know what? That's a fair point. Interesting. He's he's willing to admit when he's wrong, so he's got to be a good egg, you know. Well, he's he's yeah. Canadian, yeah. So he's got a default level of yeah. He's got he's got one up on at, at least Hans. And <laughs> 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 I mean, um, fair I also really liked at the end uh, where uh, you know he he reminisced how every time he now sees a man at the airport eating fish, he thinks of Paul. <laughs> I thought that was very sweet. Do we think that they might have had any of the same kind of um, excitement that Rebecca Klatka of no, the Touchball No, I, I did? very much doubt that because Rebecca Klatka went out and saw Casey and the Sunshine Band. And yeah. she said that Polini partied with her. Is what she, that... But that, but the, we don't know that. Once we once we interview this guy, we're going to hear all the backstory. No, he was too young to party Aww. with Paul Bellini. Well, I mean, if he was 18 and in college, as I suspect he may have been, then then they maybe they did. Maybe they had a, a, a rager college party on the campus of Carleton, and Paul Bellini was the star of the show walking around in his towel. 
I will say it's like incredibly disappointing that like we only got photos like they couldn't they spent so much money on the Tammy set that they couldn't send a camera on mm. on the fucking plane <laughs> to go to an airport breakfast with Bellini. I kind of like the photo bit though. Or maybe they couldn't get airport secure. Oh, and this is 94. This is pre 9-11. You wasn't probably as big of a deal to get a camera in. Oh, they may not have been able to get filming. Yeah. 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 Permission in the airport. But then why didn't they just leave the airport? This this actually kind of enrages me. Well, I because they had promised before the segment that when that the tu- the spot Bellini contest was going to be breakfast at the airport. Was it at so. the airport? I thought they just said breakfast. Okay, fair enough. Oh no, they they fully said like at the airport. Okay. Yeah. Well, they they knew what they were setting themselves up for a a budget photo. <laughs> Uh, montage <laughs> are you saying the kids in the hall did not consider the logistics of their filming exercises before writing a sketch you know Fans, look, you... Well, you can skip past this segment we're gonna track yes. this guy down like help yes. us out if you if you know who he is let us know but we're gonna track him down and all all questions will be answered soon. trevor uh what's the email address that people should get a hold of us at if they have information on where we can find this fella Info at Kith and Tell podcast. Oh, sorry, no, it just. Contact. Contact at kithandtell.ca. Yes, our, our, our email is contact at kithandtell.ca. Um, Please so, get in touch. Yeah. Moving on, uh, I think maybe we should move on to our standout sketch and worst sketch with a rating mm. out of five before we wrap things up for the day. Uh, Kalina, do you want to start us off? You know what? I actually really liked an experienced cannibal. I thought that was a really fun cold open. I, I that's the that's the best one of the bunch. Yeah, I don't know. I know it's very classically like a Dave Kevin sketch, but sometimes sometimes their stuff also really works when it's like short and snappy, and they just they 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 get it all out of their system in a, in a really tight shot. So um, yeah, I'm gonna give that uh, three three out of five. Three to five for that one. Um, and then as for worst, uh, is it from Santa? Like it was pretty funny, but then it just got it got pushed almost as hard as the procreation narrative from from Santa Claus. <laughs> so. Well, if inexperienced cannibal is the best with three out of five, like a low C, what are you gonna give visit from Santa Claus? Like two out of five? I don't know. I didn't. Oh my failing God. grade. I know. I know. I mean, Tammy kind of like. Lena's the villain this episode. Yeah, I mean, Tammy was good, but I wouldn't show it to anybody. You know, like I enjoyed it, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't pass it on. Lena's whole thing is whether or not she would show people something. <laughs> this was she the whole like genesis of this podcast, guys. That is true. She doesn't want to be. She doesn't want to be embarrassed by the kids. And, so <laughs> she, there's nothing. She's in... <laughs> not someone who will just share her authentic opinion, regardless of the of you, the receiving environment. Do yeah. you think that inexperienced cannibal is one that you would choose to show with someone though? I mean, more so than Tammy. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, what about borrowing art? Oh, boring. Oh, oh, right. Okay, sorry. I didn't have this on. The, okay, no, sorry. No. Visit from Santa is not the worst. Borrowing art is the absolute worst. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, Jesus. I was okay. going to choose that one for my best. Yes. It was so terrible. I don't understand why you guys like this. Okay, you guys duke that out. Sorry. I backtrack. Visit from Santa is not the worst. <laughs> Uh, the visit like the the borrowing art. I give it one point five. It was shit. What on earth are you talking about? Okay, well make okay. your case while so we can like eviscerate it. Please. Okay, yeah. 
I don't know. Like the idea that like, okay, someone borrows the art to like impress his, his ex and has to go and like break into the guy's house. Like, I, I don't know. Like there was just like, there was no, there were no punchlines. I, I feel I... like first off, like it's, if it was just as you say, then it would have been sort of like a middling kids in the hall sketch, but like still worth at least a 2.5 or three, but mm. it's, it's the whole interplay between his hit the kevin character who's trying to impress the ex-girlfriend a classic kevin character but then this secondary character a rare kevin bruce matchup where bruce mm -hmm. is playing a thoroughly bruce character the art friend who is very distraught <laughs> at, the, at the removal of his art and then eventual theft and destruction of his art that that, that really makes it the tension mm -hmm. you see in his eyes as he's looks to the bare wall and looks back to the window waiting for his art to be returned to him. That's that's where the humor comes from. Oh, God. I, I, I mean, this it... is really another form of the, you know, worst man in the world sort of thing, except for it's with a, you know, a uh, just a careless, thoughtless friend as opposed to a actually evil friend and a, a not neurotic Dave, but instead... Oh, you're talking about, like, about um, the, King of Empty Promises. Yes, yeah, King yeah. of Empty Promises. And then instead of like a neurotic Dave, you've got an artsy Bruce. No, yeah. don't even put those in the same bucket. Oh God, no! Don't you? You have mashed a beautiful sketch with garbage, <laughs> and I will not stand for this. Uh, and what I also like is the, the the art friend. First of all, he 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 is dressed up in like a kind of flowing silken pirate shirt sort of sure. thing. Yeah, uh, yes. he's an <laughs> artist, Trevor. But then his his art is is also like kind of it's just bad it's like it's like a painting of a jacket and a painting of some like folded jeans it is very large though so. <laughs> it is more than life size <laughs> i uh i do you guys have any art like art art yeah i'm, I'm not talking about like a poster i'm talking about like a painting you bought <laughs> from an artist. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, I have I have a um, a sketch that I bought from an artist in Vancouver that's like a like a rainy scene depicting English Bay during like a rainstorm. Um, I have I have I have some art prints, which granted, you know, you could say are posters, but they're not. They're like one off print sort of things um, from an artist out of Baltimore that did uh, some quotes from. Um, the wire in like really stylized print and kind of form and stuff. And then I've got, and then I've got a painting from that I got in Brazil of like a man walking down the street with an umbrella in Sao Paulo that I thought was kind of neat looking. And would you, would you loan them out? Well, I wouldn't loan, I would loan out my art prints. I wouldn't loan out the paintings because I have like a whole theme to the paintings that I've got. And they're all like they're all rainy scenes from different cities. These and stuff. come as a set. Yeah, exactly. And I it, the set <laughs> I would not I couldn't bear to have the set be incomplete or not returned to me. You know, they have specific sentimental value. At yeah. the beginning of this episode, we said that I was uh, you're actually the art friend. There, <laughs> it would appear so. Yes, I don't know that. Oh, uh, I also have I also have wooden blocks that are like burnt, and they have. They have like trees that are burnt into them, so that when you arrange them, they look like kind of a forest of lodgepole pines that I got from an artist in in Vancouver at uh, at the East Van Culture Crawl that I quite like. Yeah. So Hans is the art friend. I, I guess yeah. who's the art borrower then? I guess it's Stu. Oh. He's he's off nervously <laughs> trying to impress an ex girlfriend with your your art right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stu's off borrowing art trying to impress an ex. Yeah. What's your guys's uh, best and worst sketches then? 
my my best one is borrowing art, which is why I objected. I'm I I, I give it like a three and a half at least, maybe. Oh. Yeah, two and a half seems good. You it's, disgust it's me. Fun. <laughs> I mean, honorable mention definitely goes to Ink and the Spread for No Roses. Uh, All right. Worst sketch would, I think, though, go to Visit from Santa Claus, though, I'd agree. I don't know. I just I didn't have any laughs. <laughs> I didn't laugh. It was okay, though. <laughs> I, man, I, so I disagree. I mean, I, I didn't have it as my top, but I really did like visit from santa claus because it's got some great lines like i love when uh, mark makes a great santa claus first of all in that he like i love it when she when uh, kevin as the wife says penis and uh mark cuts her off and is like oh ho, ho, merry christmas merry christmas because he can't bear to hear the word penis um and and the bit at the end the twist at the end where like the girl <laughs> got sold off <laughs> with the house <laughs> um was was great but anyways but that's not my my favorite um I give my top two ink and a spread for no roses. And even though I found the, uh, the various squirts disgusting, um, <laughs> I mean, honestly on, on the strength of the props and set deck departments alone, I feel like this, this deserves a, a pretty high score. And then um, I loved all the executives at the end having to like run off to their wives. And, uh, <laughs> but really this is my, my score for this one is entirely not entirely, but largely based on the props and set deck. So props to props. Um, I give props. it uh, four rejecting credit cards out of five. And then um, my lowest, though, which I'm surprised neither of you thought was poor, because um, I think it's clearly the worst of the batch, was the uh, not a wrong number sketch, which uh, oh, I was kind of... I didn't think it was bad. Like, I had it as... Uh, it had an over... It got a, a, a 60, uh, three out of five for me. Three missed calls out of five. And so, you know, it's it got like a, a C minus. I, but... I would say it might be fair to say that was a, a little segment where the concept was sound, but the execution didn't live up to the, like, soundness of the concept, you know? Just having someone call you and refuse to accept that they have a wrong number, I think, has the seed of something very good in it, and... It was I, absolutely that I, I think the 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 every all the bits that are needed to make a good sketch were there. And I think it probably just needed a few more uh, rounds of editing um, to, to really make it shine. Um, I thought the ending was an interesting twist, but I thought it could have been either better delivered like the the fact that in fact maybe this was frank all along and he's got some sort of weird multiple personality and that that was bonnie oh i, I don't in. think that was the implication i i thought that, that oh i think it was i think the implication was that that woman was bonnie no i i think the implication was that she also knows frank because she's also having an affair with frank no i thought that oh, was bonnie see, bonnie it was cheating on no i i think that is bonnie yeah Totally, and, and then, then and that Kevin is the Frank no, guy as no, well he, as the Kevin guy. No, I don't no, no, think no. So. Hold on, oh, hold on. The situation is he's pretending to be Frank. Bonnie's there. Bonnie's now shagging both Kevin and Frank. Is she shagging Kevin? Oh, because Kevin just got out of the shower. Yeah, and and she's put together, so they've been shagging for sure. Yeah, for sure. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, oh, she she like left her husband who's on the phone for Frank, but then she's also boning Kevin. Gotcha. I, are you sure? 
Yes. I mean, I they they clearly there is they they have just had sex. There's no question. About <laughs> no, I, I'm not. <laughs> let's that. get back to basics. <laughs> yeah, let's let's <laughs> let's start with what we do know. Kevin has banged this woman. Now we don't know for a fact oh that she God. is Bonnie. You know, yes, but but I think totally. she is. No, yes. I, I, I think, think she that is. she is Kevin's girlfriend. But she's not also Bonnie. she's not Bonnie. But she she also is having an affair with Frank. Like I think that is the, the oh, main. That's thing. okay. All right, that's an interesting one. So wait, so our if, brains okay. all work very differently. When when Kevin does the Frank voice, is he trying to do the voice of just a Frank that yeah. he knows, just, it's just, or it's just, is it's just that it's just a different voice? He's just no, no, doing a, a random Frank, different is it, voice. Is it a Frank that he knows that no. this woman also knows? Like, is it a mutual Frank friend of theirs? No, he's no, not, he just made no, up a voice. Just made he voice. made up a voice, but it just so happens to be yeah, Frank's, Frank's voice. voice. And here's where I will push back against that. Because the woman comes out and says, but they, oh, I thought I heard Frank. And she just kind of says, Frank, as if Kevin knows who Frank is as well, right? Um, and then the fact that Kevin goes, oh, is kind of like, no. wait, am I Frank? That's what I, That's why I think no, it's a fight club no, situation. No, 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 That's way, right. too, that's, that's way too complicated. That, that settles it. We, we have a, a reason to finally call Kevin. Kevin? <laughs> Kevin? Yeah, you got to get on the show and sort this out for us. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, all that being said, I didn't actually care for the sketch all that much. It was fine. It was fine, but I feel like it it missed a little bit. Uh, and I think the, the ending could have been cleaner. So I give it, yeah, three, three missed digits out of five on that phone number. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that's it for our episode 14 <laughs> review. Join us next week for episode 15, which will be hosted by none other than Hans. Hello. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at KithandTellPod. Weigh in on your favorite sketch and enjoy some delightful gifts. And tell us, tell us who the contest yeah. winner was. Also, tell us who the contest winner was. Thank you yeah. for listening to Kith and Tell. Merry Christmas!